In the name of our Lord Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. John the Baptist was honest and he was humble. Some of those he rubbed the wrong way. The Pharisees and scribes and even King Herod might have thought he was self-righteous. But here in our gospel, that prophet clearly demonstrates how humble he was. He claims nothing for himself, but points in all things to the one coming after him. His humility points to Jesus, and that was the purpose of his whole life. John's life prepared for Jesus. And now your life draws meaning from Jesus. St. John, the apostle and evangelist, makes clear what John is saying when the priests and Levites interrogated him. He confessed and did not deny. He confessed, I am not the Christ. John's honesty is put center stage. He is honest about who he is not. He is humble and refuses to claim any fame for himself. And the following dialogue is like pulling teeth. Those representatives from Jerusalem wanted some positive statement from John. But all he would say was who he was not. First, he was not the Christ. The nation of Israel was waiting for the Christ, the Messiah. Several false messiahs had cropped up over the years, and all of them failed. Historians barely remember their names. But John had no desire to claim such fame. He had disciples, but he would send them off after someone else. One day, John was standing with two of his disciples. When John saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. The priests and Levites asked him, Are you Elijah? And again, he answers negatively, I am not. When we compare this to what Jesus says later, it seems to present a contradiction. Jesus said of John, if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who was to come. The prophet Malachi said, look, I am going to send Elijah the prophet to you before the great and fearful day of the Lord comes. In connection with this prophecy, Jesus said, yes, Elijah is coming and will restore all things. But I tell you that Elijah has already come and they did not recognize him. And the disciples understood that he was talking to them about John the Baptist. Now, certainly in this respect, John accepted his role as Elijah, the role of preparing for the great and fearful day of the Lord. The same as the voice crying in the wilderness. But John understood that these priests and Levites were concerned about who John was in himself. It wasn't as though they thought he was Elijah reincarnated, but, but they thought he was claiming to be something important in himself. In other words, John was not the main event. He wanted no one to have any reason to think he claimed such fame or importance. Similar and greater importance was implied in the next question, are you the prophet? And again, John said, no. Moses had prophesied before his death, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brother Israelites. Listen to him. A prophet like Moses, but greater, was anticipated by Israel. That prophet would be the Messiah, the one anointed by God to deliver his people like Moses had delivered them. John was clearly not the Messiah. He was not the one who had the final word from God. God had said of that prophet, I will put my words in his mouth and he will speak to them everything that I command him. Anyone who will not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name, I myself will call him to account. So John was neither the new Elijah nor the new Moses, 
But both of those Old Testament prophets appeared at one time along with the Messiah, who John also was not. We read, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and he led them up onto a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured in front of them. His face was shining like the sun. His clothing became as white as the light. Just then Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with Jesus. If you recall, Peter misunderstood the significance. He thought this marked a holy place where all three of these great prophets would be heard and spoken to so that a new tabernacle would be set on this mountain. But he was interrupted by the Father speaking from the cloud on the mountain. This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Remember, God had commanded of the prophet like Moses to come, listen to him. And now he commanded the same of his son. Moses and Elijah were only the prefiguring types of the Messiah who would come, the main event himself. John only prepared for Jesus as well. When the priests and Levites finally asked him, Who are you? Tell us so we can give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John said clearly, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, just as Isaiah the prophet said. He was the forerunner, the one preparing for Jesus. But one thing seemed unclear to those representatives from Jerusalem. Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ or Elijah or the prophet? John's actions would seem to be claiming some main character status. We might object the same to some preachers who plaster their faces on billboards and put their names in large letters in the books they write. They're claiming to be something. But in fact, John was not claiming to be anything. His baptism was not any pedestal he put himself on. He said, I baptize with water. Among you stands one you do not know. He is the one coming after me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. Water, he said, not to minimize the importance of it or to imply that it didn't matter, but Moses did a similar thing, washing Aaron and the priests with water to purify them for service in God's temple. Anything, in fact, that went into God's presence had to be purified and prepared with water. John was not the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet. John was not the main event. He was preparing people for the Messiah. He was providing the purification in anticipation of the one who was far greater than he was, so far greater that John wasn't even worthy to touch his sandals. So everything John did pointed to Jesus. He humbled himself to let Jesus be exalted. It's all about Jesus, and not only John's life, but your life draws meaning from Jesus. Think of what it means to have the same attitude as John. You are not the main character of your own life. Think of all those times that Jesus told people to humble themselves like this. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline in the place of honor. But when you are invited, go and recline in the lowest place. You must understand that you have no right to claim any particular honor. And this is because of what is hidden. Each sinner is an expert as hiding his sinfulness from himself and even from others. Man is a natural liar, something inherited from the devil. When your sin is pointed out to you, you will naturally try to deny it. Or if that fails, to excuse it. Or if that fails, 
to deflect to someone else who has apparently done worse, or if that fails, to claim that you did your best with all the restrictions imposed on you, or if that fails, to get angry with how unfair it all is. But Jesus said there is nothing concealed that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be made known. He also said the light has come into the world, yet people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. In fact, everyone who practices wicked things hates the light and does not come toward the light or else his deeds would be exposed. But the one who does what is true comes towards the light in order that his deeds may be seen as having been done in connection with God. So be honest, because God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. And so if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What goes against your inclination, therefore, will be for your benefit. The light will burn and you'd rather keep those sins secret, but God promises to forgive those things brought into the light. So confess your sins. You will be forgiven. You want life, not death, and yet God promises that through death you will obtain life. Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him by this baptism into his death, so that just as he was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too would also walk in a new life. Again, baptism is not a claim to anything special, except that baptism is a connection to Jesus, specifically connection to his death and his resurrection. Think about that. You must give him all the glory. To pretend to be without sin or without any serious sin is to imply that Jesus' work is really not that big a deal. He didn't really do all that much for you. But the Son of God humbled himself to die for you. So understand this. You have no right to claim any goodness of your own. Your natural state is a humbled one. Your confession should match what God says about you. God in his word has declared every man a sinner. You must be included, not only a little bit, not only technically, but entirely in your very core. You, in fact, can't even understand how sinful you really are. Who can recognize his own errors, asked the psalmist. But hear what Jesus did. Though he was by nature God, he did not consider equality with God as a prize to be displayed, but he emptied himself by taking the nature of a servant. When he was born in human likeness and his appearance was like that of any other man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And therefore, St. Paul says, indeed, let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You think John was humble? Jesus was even more so. You must be humble as well. But your humility doesn't earn you anything. Your humility is merely the confession of truth. You don't deserve anything. 
All your worth comes from Jesus. And he has given you great worth. God made him who did not know sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You see what's happened? Exactly what Jesus promised would happen. When you are invited, go and recline in the lowest place, so that when the one who invited you comes, he will tell you, friend, move up to a higher place. Then you will have honor in the presence of all who are reclining at the table with you. And it's not just any place. Jesus gives you his honored place, exchanging places with you. He has taken your humble worthlessness, your sinful record, and the punishment you earned by it, and he has given you glory righteousness, and eternal life in Him. So don't despise the humble ways these blessings come to you. People have historically accused Lutherans of following a paper pope based on how we revere God's Word. They make fun of us for our beliefs regarding baptism and Holy Communion because it appears to them as though we are claiming to be something, claiming to have some honor that others can't have. But understand what our Lutheran identity and confession is, how to recognize what we truly believe. The Word of God is not some status symbol we hold over others. It's a precious pearl God has handed to, to us to give us life. Baptism is not some secret rite by which we glorify ourselves. It's the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit. The grace of God in water poured over us by him to make us holy. Holy communion is not some private honor we reserve for the extra special and holy. It's a communion of the blood of Christ and a communion of the body of Christ, given to you for the forgiveness of sins. So be honest. Be humble. You are sinners. You are sinners who have received the holiness of God's own Son. He gives you His righteousness and glory through the Word and sacraments. This is all about Him. And He has promised that He has given Himself for you. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto everlasting life. Amen.